0: directly into my balls of eyes
1: <laughs> because this is my favorite murder hello and welcome to the true crime comedy podcast that you turn to in your hour of need or your hour commute or your hour of oh uh, maybe you just you're getting a massage and you thought this will be funny oh that's weird <laughs> this will be stupid <laughs> are you cleaning your house from a, the party you had last night how was the party? are you cleaning your house from the fact that you never clean your house like me where I looked down today as I was watching TV uh-huh. and there was there was like a sand dune of dog hair oh. on the ground where I was like, what in that? That's disgusting. You want to hear something really gross? Super gross.
0: Like a couple of weeks ago, I got a, a peel on my face, you know? <laughs> a professional peel. And so you, you're fucking, you like shed like a snake for the next week and I was I looked down in the bathroom and it's just like my fucking dead skin, <laughs> <Your face>.
1: disgusting, <laughs> all over the pieces of your face on the ground. Mm-hmm. That's my favorite uh, Rolloveen album. <laughs> <laughs> hey,
0: that's Karen Kilgariff. That's Georgia Hartstark. Because sometimes you guys can't tell our voices apart. Still, and I bet you can't now too. But you're correct. Whatever you're guessing, um, and it doesn't matter. It doesn't also matter. Remember. Oh, I f- I remembered my remember I remembered my correction corner from last week that I couldn't remember right it's this the week before the week before Mm -hmm. I said uh, oh my god you guys send your DNA to 23andMe and then send it into the place where like uh, killers, you can, right. you know, you let's a all plan. get our DNA. You had Go. a DNA
1: plan for everybody.
0: And then I got a bunch of messages, including from uh the dollops. Um, what's his face? Dave Anthony. Dave Anthony saying, don't fucking send your DNA to public places because in, you know, Trump's future, they're going to use that to deport people or to deny people fucking health care because of pre-existing conditions based on your DNA. So if you're at all paranoid about that, don't do it. Yeah, if you're like me, and you're, I'm just like, well, the end days are coming, and nothing's going to matter, and the fucking system's going to shut down anyway. So the DNA isn't going to be stored anywhere. Just do it. <laughs> what? You know what I mean? Because like, there's not going to be a system anymore. Like the why? Because they're turning off all the electricity. Everything's going to get shut. Power's going to go off,
1: and then everything's going to defrost, <laughs> mm-hmm. and all the little beakers that the DNA's in are going to fall off the shelf.
0: Well, if there's no internet to upload the DNA results to, right?
1: No, it'll just be a big filing cabinet on a hill (laughs) Yeah And then you just go and spit into it Uh, No, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, that don't let's not implicitly trust some kind of technology and go, this is the answer. The thing to remember about this podcast is that you shouldn't
0: listen to us.
1: No, we're just trying to have a private conversation. (laughs) I don't know what you fucking people are doing hanging around. You keep butting into (laughs) our private conversation. And then there's this guy with the mustache recording
0: us. And then there's three cats here that are just like, what? Shut up. Sitting
1: around going, when's my line? Okay,
0: we're trying to talk to each other. Karen and I have been having to try Trying to have a a private conversation For like almost three (laughs) fucking years Borderline
1: three years And we've never had one No It's getting worse Yeah Uh, Yeah so full apologies If you've been If uh, If you've been taken into The trunk regime That's not even funny I was starting to say that As like a riff Uh, It's too real Uh huh Uh, Let's not say the word anymore Let's not go into that area This is We're here to escape Into Mm -hmm. murder Mm -hmm. And away from reality
0: Speaking of
1: I'm going to plug
0: Our new fucking Merch line Our new like What's it called When it's not going to go For very long Seasonal Short term Short term seasonal Merch line That we're really Fucking excited about It's finally coming out It should be out today Which should be Thursday uh, we're, We started a summer camp line Yeah like It's like a summer camp Camping line With a with three new logos and one three new designs, one that you already love the stand of the forest one on new merch. And there's like a fucking camping mug. There's t-shirts, like all kinds of cool different t-shirts. It looks like you're in a fucking summer camp yeah. put on by my favorite murder. Yeah. It's really,
1: really cute. It's really cute. There's some really cool things. Yeah. There's the and koozies. It's very contradictory. We tell you to stay out of the forest. <laughs> yeah. And now we're basically giving you set up to go into the forest. Yeah.
0: I'm really the, the, the logos or the the uh, designs are really fucking cute. There's like three different ones. They're all different. We're excited about it. So go to myfavoritemurder.com, then go to the store, you know, have fun.
1: Shop around. Shop around. Get a look for summer. And it's, you know, it has been a while. So you can update your, you can update your MFM look. Yeah. Oh God! Why did I just say that? Hey, listen. Um, I have a uh, a reader. I don't know what this is even called because this is like a new thing. Listener mail. I wouldn't call. <laughs> is it that? Yep. Listener mail. Yeah, and now you have to do that every time. Oh my God! It gives me a headache. I love it. Yeah. You what you can't see is Georgia fl- flung her head from mm-hmm. left to right as she sung. Listener mail. I'm basically doing Janice from The Muppets. Going. I'll trade anyone who has a jacuzzi.
0: Just <laughs> my favorite line from anything ever.
1: I just realized that as you did that and said it Janice from the Muppet reminds me of Lizzie Cooperman a hundred and ten percent that's so funny they're the same person that's I love it okay so um this is a message from Chelsea I won't say her full name um Clinton. She says corrections corner Molokai I argue this is not uh, a corrections corner Because okay. I'm sick of being fucking corrected uh, <laughs> fair, Hi ladies fair enough. Just listened to episode 129 Loved hearing about Karen's trip to Kauai As well as our own serial killer story Ooh. I'm born and raised in Honolulu Ooh. And I'm very familiar with the Keehi lagoon mm. and adjacent sand island area because it's a heavily used recreation site used for water sports like jet skiing and can- or canoe paddling <laughs> can-
0: <laughs> <laughs> not canoeing no specifically canoe just paddling just the paddling mm-hmm. part
1: there's no enjoyment of the movement or <laughs> the scenery um the story was super creepy but knowing the area I'm not surprised it happened there it's not a dreamy location Mm. but rather an industrial zone that's right next to the airport Mm. planes literally fly over all day scary that's really funny oh and anyway I just wanted to help with a little fact you were sharing about Molokai Molokai has a population of 7,345 I like that she's saying all this like because she's from Hawaii she knows the population of Molokai Yeah. Um, we all have the internet Chelsea (laughs) but the Remote part of the island you mentioned has a population of eleven. What? And it's a re- actually known. Oh, this is the corrections part. Got okay. it. Got it. It's actually known as. Uh, now I have not had a chance to look at the pronunciation. But you've up. done great thus far. I mean, I. I ha- there's a lot of heart and yeah. a lot of sincerity in it, but yeah. also this is gonna be wrong Kala Aopapa the historic leper colony Mm. Uh, the Catholic Church including Father Damien who uh, he's the dude who went there got to take care
0: of everyone right yep got leprosy and was like fuck it I'm gonna take care of these people
1: that's right because they were completely just shipped onto that island and like there was no law there was nothing was set up no medical it was was just if children had leprosy they got shipped there and they were just left to their own devices and this amazing man yeah he was like I'm gonna go I'm going to take care of these people Father Damien We heard all about him In Catholic school They lo- The oh, Catholics really? love to talk about Father He's Damien He's your guy Because he was I think If they haven't made him A saint already They were like Putting him up for sainthood In the 80s Cool um, So he played a large role In the history Of the city Which is probably How your family Is connected to the area Now you're incorrect Last <laughs> So so now You have a corrections corner correct Chelsea. you You're wrong fun Let's fun to correct Let's get directors. everyone To talk about How you're wrong Yeah um, Sorry, I've, again, I've I've imbibed it a little bit of cold brew. Oh, right. The last remaining residents in Kalaupapa, <laughs> that was definitely wrong, are all over the age of 75. Mm-hmm. And I believe there's less than 10 left. I'm hoping this will help your listeners understand a small but significant part of Hawaii's history that you also have a connection to. Twi- wrong twice, <laughs> strike two. <laughs> Thanks again for sharing oh. about my home and great job with your pronunciation. Oh, no. Oh. Your effort did not go unnoticed. Ah. Mahalo nui, Kehao. So I bet it hurt, her, oh, her middle name, like her Y name is Chelsea. I mean, is How and Chelsea is her email name. Got it. Thank you, Chelsea. That was awesome. That's so nice. And I love the idea that people would be canoe paddling in a creepy airport lagoon. I
0: just, like, imagine, like gasoline on the layer on top and you know like when you're canoeing and you're smoking a cigarette and you throw it overboard the whole <laughs>
1: fucking ocean lights on fire <laughs> you like the lagoon on fire that's when the uh really cheap dads who like have a problem with spending money they're like you're going to honolulu <laughs> but we're staying at this place that has its own lagoon God, like, those motels dad, no dad please i stayed in those
0: as a kid with my dad it was very depressing well i have a you are correct i have a Karen is a fucking psychic and no. so smart. Corrections corner. Yeah, We should have started with that. So I wasn't going to be no, no. so defensive. No, no, but now you're going to feel better. Okay, great. That's I, what we're all looking for. Ugh. I knew that was going to happen. I'm so sorry. <laughs> can we talk about my, the best day of my life? I don't think we can talk about it. We Remember? can say, we can't say what it was specifically. Okay. Karen and I did a voiceover thing for something that's going to come out in a while, which of course we'll tell you about when it comes out, but we went and we recorded these voices and I was like, doing my little voices it's very scary and then the person who's recording goes hey Georgia can you burp on command <laughs> and honestly when and, and I was like of fucking course I can and I did it twice and like I got home and I kind of had this emotional moment of like my whole life and like as a kid I was weird Georgia and embarrassing and like my brother and I would learn how to burp on command mm-hmm. and it was just this moment of like I was so proud of myself yeah like called my mom and told my mom and she was like <laughs> So Mom I burped on command So she was fuck you prou- No she was proud of me That's good She's like you've been Practicing forever Okay Karen, Georgia, Associates. Beautiful. (laughs) I love it. Karen, this is from a guy named Mike. Karen, I don't know if you did this on purpose, but right after you were talking about Nietzsche, Georgia said something about time not being real, and you said time is a flat circle. If you rewatch that scene from True Detective, which you said it was from, you will hear McConaughey say, what is that, Nietzsche? Shut the fuck up. Right after Reggie (laughs) Ledoux says time is a flat circle. No way. And then he writes in a... Asterisk spooky ghost noises. <laughs> Stay sexy and don't read Nietzsche because he's incomprehensible and annoying. Mike.
1: <laughs> Mike! Mike! We
0: basically wrote True Detective from the future
1: well also i recently rewatched season one of a true detective but i've only gotten past i've only gotten up to the scene that's one long tracking shot where he goes in and like remember that fucking Mm -hmm. it's i think it's like episode three or four yeah i wonder if that was in my weird like that was filed away in my brain i didn't know i was saying that
0: or you're psychic which i think is something you always want to prove
1: i definitely want to be psychic yeah so i you're right Stop saying what the reason might be yeah. and start accepting. 100 Mike's beautiful compliment. If Mike's not right, who is? No, Mike's always right. Here's the thing about yeah. that guy. He pays attention. <laughs> pays his bills. He pays his fucking bills on time, on time which what guy do you know that's Ugh, like that? He none. Mike won't allow red bills. huh And he's a detail man, but he's not in your face about it. No. You know what I mean? No, he's he just says associates and you're like that tells us what it is, but it's also funny. Mike, I have to tell you. Karen, Georgia, Steven, and associate, is probably my favorite greeting so far. Uh-huh. So, yeah. So, Mike is right. You're number one. Yeah. Mike is right. Wait, Oh, on. Should we close this? No. It's, okay. You like it? I'm good. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Well, and also you have to remember, so, uh, guys, it is in L.A., of course. It's in the 90s. It's yeah. July. I keep having to remind myself. I'm like, it's so fucking hot. It's like, it's summer it's in July. Southern <laughs> California. Stop yeah. complaining. But... I realized why I was complaining so much today. My AC went out. Ugh. Like, the fan was still running, so I didn't notice. Oh, yeah. So then I, at 1 o'clock, I was just asleep. I just went to sleep because it was... Uh, when I got up and checked, it was 83 degrees oh, in my house. Fuck. So... This place feels like this is nice. An icebox. It's amazing. Karen,
0: you've been you been huffing that freon? You were not a freon? A little
1: bit. <laughs> it gives me beautiful dreams. <laughs> when I go to sleep at one. <laughs> I just want gold on my face. Um So this is actually a really cool thing. So we talked about last week uh, posting pictures from tour and hotel rooms and um, loving hotel rooms. Oh, yes, yes. We got this from a bunch of people on Twitter. thank you. And this email uh, that Stephen just printed up for us from Nicole in the Gmail box. Hey, ladies and Stephen, while listening to your latest episode, episode, sorry, I remembered hearing about an app called Traffic Cam, T-R-A-F-F-I-C-K, cam that you can use to take pictures of a hotel room to stop help human traff to help stop human trafficking And I also realized I keep forgetting to use the app whenever I go away to stay in a hotel. So the idea is that you take photos of your hotel room, upload them to the app, and then law enforcement can compare the room images to images um, advertising potential victims and that way Mm. they can find Mm. where those rooms are and where potentially those people are Mm -hmm. being trafficked. Mm -hmm. Um, She includes a link to a CNN article about it. Just thought you guys and others would want to know about the app i think it's a great idea and hopefully it works to help human trafficking victims love you guys and your podcast and hope to see you next time you come to the boston area ss she actually wrote ss dmg nicole <laughs> <laughs> which i like thank you nicole that's uh, thank you and everybody who yes. tweeted us that's such a mind-blowing like that's the that's the good tech that's yeah, coming i wonder if it's worked at all we must, right? Cause, yeah. Cause why would they start it? A whole app about it. I wanna, I wanna read about the stories that it's worked on. Yeah. It's, that's really cool. Traffic Cam. If you, um, for some reason, take pictures of the hotel rooms you stay in, go over to Traffic Cam and see if you can't upload them and help people. Yeah. That's very cool. That's our new thing. Um, hey, here's the thing. We talk about this all the time. Um, but join the fan cult. Oh, yeah. There's lots of cool things coming your way, uh, fan cult members. Um, we're trickling them out slowly. And as you know, we're not the most organized people Mm-mm. on the planet. Mm-mm. A little busy and a little bit like we're going to do it next week.
0: Yeah. But there is shit on there that you can't get anywhere else. Like videos. We do unboxing videos from of
1: gifts. We're going to do like. And we have a bunch of gifts waiting because we're waiting to do these unboxing. Yeah. Videos, but so- neither
0: of us ever show up to this podcast with makeup on because we just work all day on
1: our murders <laughs> and sleep in the heat yeah. i resent the fact that i need in this late stage in my life to get put on makeup yeah. for these videos but we really have a lot of cool stuff and cool ideas coming for you so yeah. um just know that uh there's lots of plans yeah. in the work for the for the fan cult people yeah so if you just
0: go to my murder.com you'll find our new merch line you'll find all this bullshit you'll love it it's the best
1: goodbye no Promo code space 80.: Goodbye: Is that it? Yeah, you're first this week. OK. Well.:
0: <laughs> I thought it'd be really fun to do this murder, and I didn't realize that so we're recording on Sunday because I'm leaving for Hawaii tomorrow. But tomorrow, so this week, this comes out, but specifically Monday is the (laughs) 100.
1: You keep saying if this comes out, like you're not positive. (laughs) (laughs) I I mean, it's Stephen, will you just promise Georgia right now that you will put this up tomorrow? I swear. Okay. I mean, for Thursday. Okay. Okay. So it'll be 100 years this week since this murder exactly
0: and I didn't realize it at first
1: that wasn't the reason you picked it no
0: it was because I had started it and I was halfway done with it already (laughs) and didn't like the murder I originally put picked so I was like how far along am I in this one great but this is actually one that I wanted to do for a very long time because it truly is one of my favorite murders okay
1: I'm fascinated with it um and i I, just can't tell you how many documents i have of half written ones that i bail on it and then i'm like i'm gonna go back to that well this
0: one was hard because there's so much work that needed to go into it um but i'm gonna
1: leave a lot of shit out and piss off a lot of history people This is no one's here for history okay great no you can't be at this point if you're here for history still you're a sadomasochist yes this is the story of the last of the Romanovs. Oh, shit, girl. <laughs> we're going all the way back. Wait yeah, a second. We're this doing is, it. I love this so much. And I just recently, when I drove home to Petaluma for Father's yeah. Day, listened to uh, last podcast on the left's um, series on Rasputin. Oh, awesome. Yeah. So, which you know lays into Touches this a little bit. This, so I sure. love it. This They're is so perfect good.
0: to do Rasputin. Yes. I'm doing fucking Romanovs. <laughs> I am not. Last podcast on the left. I do not have the uh, studying skills of our friend... Uh, Marcus Parks. Marcus
1: Parks. <laughs> He's a serious man. Yeah.
0: So, fuck. Like, this is one of my favorite historical stories. Because it is so fucking insane. The whole story is bananas. And yet, as I'm going to be reading this... And I didn't realize it, too. It's like... You can, you can see a lot of modern-day similarities to what happened and what could happen. And it's really scary.
1: Yeah, because... Well time is a flat circle as Mike told us mm-hmm. but uh, but also it's true like that the reason it's a cliche is history just repeats yeah. itself and these things these things it's like the power dynamic yeah keeps re- just it does. It keeps happening just because shit's in black and white and listen wh- when I was in high school I was like this
0: boring story I wasn't interested in this at all and then when I got older and like saw some you know history channel video about it and started reading a book about it I was like this is way more fascinating than I thought it was yeah so Okay, the House of Romanov, it's the second dynasty to rule over Russia. It starts in 1860 or, sorry, 1613. We're gonna get through this history part.
1: <laughs> Numbers. Yeah. The it's Rom- also math. <laughs> it's math. I hate
0: it. The Romanovs had ruled Russia for five generations and were so powerful that they believed themselves to be ordained by God as absolute rulers. So think of like the fucking British royal family. It's that's going on, but in Russia.
1: They all think they're ordained by God. Yeah. It's little nuts. I don't think God i don't think god's into royals he's more yeah. like lord where he's he'll never be royal peasants
0: he wants peasants mm-hmm. he's like lord exactly uh <laughs> god, god is like lord sorry <laughs> <laughs> they're rich as fuck they build mansions in the grandest royal palace in all of europe but they reign for centuries with unlimited power etc cetera, etc cetera.
1: <laughs> what what well i just have to say yeah i put my finger up to stop georgia once again and she's barely started no the i love look it you just gave me was so good you're like what no i thought you were gonna make fun of me for saying etc etc about an entire fucking
0: <laughs> dynasty of royal <laughs> no. people okay great of course not i just need to look i don't need to tell
1: you guys this shit <laughs> i was just gonna remind you that in high school during the cold war 1987 i went to to That's russia right i went to old school russia and so like i've been to peter the great summer palace wow and i am telling you these people weren't just rich like the summer palace which wasn't their main palace it was their summer palace it was the most incredible thing i've ever seen in my life to oh date Oh god and the everything about it was like Ornate, breathtakingly insane. large they had a fountain that had i think it's um who's the guy from the ocean triton Triton.
0: is Is that what you just said or is that from
1: yeah yeah well like that's the that's the thing he holds what's his neptune (laughs) i'm thinking of the little mermaid (laughs) (laughs) they had a fountain of the little mermaid (laughs) But it, it was a thing that was probably five... It was, like, five stories tall. Like, it was, like, triple the size yeah. of any fountain you've ever seen. Okay, so now imagine
0: being a fucking peasant who lives in a fucking hovel, ba- you know, survives on bread all day, barely has, has any no money, money for shoes. Chill- Yeah, no shoes, no money for fucking food. And, of course, you're going to think that these people are fucking ordained by God. They've never seen anything like this in their lives. That's right. And that makes sense, too, why all the churches and shit, people thought... The people who uh, ruled the churches were fucking ordained by God because look at these insane buildings they made. Anyways, it's crazy. Yeah. All right. So now let's get interesting. Sar Nicholas, uh, who looks like a fucking hot Brooklyn hipster mm-hmm. with a light blondie beard and they get, get a little zoop on his. He's cute. Uh <laughs> So Nicholas is only 24 when he inherits the throne upon the unexpected death of his father Alexander III. Dies of kidney disease unexpectedly in 1949. Uh, nope, when he's 49 <laughs> in 1894. All right. So imagine at 24 years old being, oh fuck, I, I'm I'm in charge. I am in charge now. And imagine also being a little kid and seeing your grandfather, who was the czar, get blown up. To fucking smithereens and an assassination. Oh. And then they're like, now you get to take over that job. That happened to the, in front of the family? In front of the family, including the little kid, at Nicholas. So he's like, I don't fucking want this job. And he hasn't since he was a kid. Um, But now he's getting it at 24 when he's totally not ready So he definitely doesn't want to do it, but he has to Um but, 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 Okay, so just a week after the funeral of his father Nicholas marries his longtime fucking gal pal Who was only 12 <laughs> when he met her and he was 16 Like, were they boning? I hope not No Yeah, and they like fell in love with each other
1: It was more formal back yeah, then Yeah, you're right, you're right so he, like, a, like hand-touching. Yes, gloved hand-touching. It's all gloves, then the gloves come off. Ah. <laughs> the night of the
0: wedding night. <laughs> the night of the wedding night. Nicholas marries a uh, beautiful German princess, Alexandra Fyodorova. Nope. Fyodorovna. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, he marries her. And they're, like, supposedly, like, this is fucking, they're really, really, truly devoted and in love with each other in a way that, like, I feel like a lot of princes and princesses and kings and queens aren't they're just like set up for marriage you know yeah but they're super stoked on each other uh she's also the grandchild the favorite grandchild of queen victoria of the uk they were coordinated in 1896 in one of the most lavish ceremonies of its time fucking sign me up to go to that i mean Uh, the bonbons alone alone (laughs) little tiny sandwich tables i love it come on so, and then I wrote a thing where, like, you know how they say that when the bigger the wedding, the more likely the marriage is going to fail? Mm-hmm. Well, I bet the bigger the coordination, the more likely the fucking the uh, ruling is going to fail. Good, and good it's parallel. True in this case. <laughs> as we shall see. That's foreshadowing. Okay. Got it. Got it. Alexandra. So she is, like, Fuck this shit. She doesn't want to go. She doesn't do the traditional social duties that Russia's Tsarina and the Russian people expect from the Tsarina. They see her as distant and severe. The couple has five children. They have they have to have a boy so that the boy can take over the throne. Yeah. And so imagine how their four oldest, Olga, Tatiana, Maria and Anastasia feel. They're like, nope, 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 nope. Shit, we have to keep having babies. Finally, they have their son, heir to the throne, Alexei. Um, Fucking this kid is like Everything to them All Alexander All Alexander wants to do Is hang out in the palace And be with his family He doesn't want to lead Same Doesn't want to rule 100% You get to hang out In this fucking gorgeous palace With the love of your life
1: And you're like Probably fun children Yeah Great And then just be like Who wants a grilled cheese sandwich Yeah Let's get one Let's all get made for us (laughs)
0: Even We don't have to make
1: them ourselves That's right Or do the dishes We just call down Through a get can, a can. Can, can it's a can a right? can of sardines because it was in the 1800s mm-hmm. string <laughs> and then a bunch of sardines run downstairs and make the sandwich
0: <laughs> train sardines train your sardines everyone <laughs> da, 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 da. I'll, I'll hang out in the back okay he wants to he wants to ignore the widespread famine throughout his land oh. and not deal with all this bullshit sure According to um, historian Simon Sabag Montefiore, Tsar Nicholas II was astonishingly arrogant and had contempt for the educated political classes. So he wasn't into the politics shit either. Okay. Or the people who were in charge. He was a vicious Mm anti-Semite, which I think everyone fucking was then. And he had an unshakable belief in his right to rule as a sacred autocrat. Sure. Uh, And he's not trusted by his ministers. And he also leaves a lot of his dad's harsh crazy rules in place so nobody likes him no one likes his wife and then there's also bloody sunday where on sunday the 22nd of january 1905 in st peter st petersburg unarmed demonstrators are fired upon by soldiers of the imperial guard now we can easily think about this In today's... In our
1: society here. Like, this shit could happen. It's happening now. It's fucking
0: happening now. It's happening
1: every day. It's bananas. So... Because also the other things you're mentioning of, like, that thing where people being virulently hateful towards smart people. Like, that thing which is definitely happening in this country and i think people are kind of just waking up to it but it's that thing of like you resent people having an education maybe because you didn't get one for whatever reason but that thing like loving your own ignorance and then hating someone else for actually being smart is such a it's like this human failing right and it's i don't know it's it sucks and there's no uh debating it you can't debate
0: with a fucking stupid person that they're being ignorant right? You know, or no. not being open, or at least not, you know, studying all sides of the story. No, yeah. It's mom. Janet, God <laughs> damn it! Okay, sorry. I'm very hate hateful right now. Okay, they fire upon. Them. It's like Kent State. They fire into the fucking crowd. Yeah. It's debated how many people were killed by soldiers, but the moderate estimate is like around 100 people were killed. Shit. But a thousand were wounded, both from the shots and being trampled in the panic. Oh my god. So all these people are hurt and killed. A peaceful protest. And the and they're protesting starving to death. Yeah exactly so they so revolution exactly the people are fucking pissed by 1914 with the outbreak of world war one the people are fucking over the romanoms like no more dudes russians criticize alexandra and her german heritage because they're super patriotic oh so unfamiliar Uh -uh. and nicholas's mismanagement of russia's uh, social political and economic problems because he was fucking bad at his job and didn't want it in 1915, Nicholas also assumes personal control of Russia's military forces. So, he fucking later's out of his St. Petersburg castle to oversee the Russian armies fighting World War One. goes to the fucking front lines and pretends to be, like, in charge of the fucking army and sure. shit, which is, like, pisses people off. This, But then this leaves Serena Alexandra in charge of Russia, and this is where our fucking friend Rasputin comes in. It's fucking total piece of shit. Yeah. So... Her most, Alexander's most trusted advisor was illiterate, self-proclaimed faith healer, Gregory Rasputin (laughs) from fucking small, small time Siberia. Yeah. You know,
1: (laughs) the remotest of Siberia. You know,
0: yeah. Russian, I mean, Rasputin is seen by some Russians as a mystic, a visionary and a prophet by others as a religious charlatan and they call him the holy devil somehow, so he, so uh, the Alexei, the heir to the throne, the little boy has hemophilia. Mm-hmm. And so Alexandra, she's, they're highly religious, Orthodox Russians, highly religious. And so she keeps trying to get these faith healers to come and fix him. And finally, Rasputin comes and no one really knows why, except maybe Marcus Parks does. And I just need to listen <laughs> to it. Uh something happens and it and she believes that Rasputin is healing her son mm-hmm. so she fucking brings him on into her, their highly secretive like you know click and uh
1: so da-da-da-da. so he's there is actually a part and uh, and there isn't any specific thing like mm-hmm. like to know except for that he did do something mm-hmm. when that little boy was bleeding right. and, and healed him in a way that people can't explain. right So he really did weirdly earn his spot. But then he was there for years and years and years so he must have been like doing something else too. Yeah, he had weird eyes. And yeah. I think people I liked that too, right? But he also smelled. Like, Please he looks like he this. smells terrible. It smells terrible. The the uh you can get the full Rasputin download On last podcast I think there's a what. smell-o-vision Of it too Where they let you smell him <laughs> It smells like Rotten carrots oh, And deceit Eggshells <laughs> Oh egg and shells. not deceit
0: um, Weird breath Okay, so Rasputin's sexual escapades and immoral behavior—he just like flaunts his dick all over town. He's like the original fuck boy, I think. Really? I don't know. I made that up. <laughs> but yes, he's like fucks everyone and calls it like like he's giving them a divine fucking fucking of, d- of divine fucking and makes them holy and shit. Um, but so the Russian people hate how much sway he has over their country. They're pissed off about it because under his influence, Alexandra becomes paranoid and reactionary. Gover- government officials are appointed and dismissed at a whim. Hmm. Sounds familiar. <laughs> Based on Rasputin's prophecies and Alexandra adopts repressive and oppressive policies. In December of 1916, Rasputin is assassinated by a group of conservative people who opposes influence and this left Alexandra alone to rule Russia and she tightened the grip on authority and so she's just being a dick too at this point the Russians are like fuck this shit uh, f- that's a quote from February so from February to March Russia is paralyzed uh, over when over half a million workers strike and protest and that's pop- crazy it's crazy Five. 100,000 people peace out on their jobs. Public transportation stops. Newspapers go out of print. The number of striking workers increased when rumors circulated of another cut in bread supplies. Uh So everyone's fucking starving to begin with. All their fucking kids are being sent off to war that they don't even want to be in. Um, 10 million soldiers desert whoa and join the bolshevik uprising and lenin begins to emerge as the leader of the resistance which is a fucking fascinating story in its own there's a really great documentary about lenin's rise to power i highly recommend it and i don't remember what it's called
1: could it be called lenin's rise to power I bet (laughs) it is. (laughs) like you think the documentary filmmakers would like you know i have a great name for this yeah but it's called like red tears on a sunday or whatever (laughs) you're like no no one's gonna know what that is they're gonna think it's about you too (laughs) March 1917
0: less than three months after Rasputin's murder masses of pissed off peasants and factory workers take to the streets of St. Petersburg police and soldiers are like great we're with you they fucking mutiny and join these motherfuckers because they're pissed off too everybody's pissed everyone's starving but the royals right exactly so the government ministers and bureaucrats abandon their positions because they're like oh shit we better get the fuck out of here right um so so this is the February Revolution of 1917. Following this, Nicholas is, the czar is like, oh shit. Okay, I'm abdicating on behalf of me and my son. Please leave us alone. He thinks it's going to guarantee safety of his family.
1: To just be like, okay, I won't be the. I quit. Yeah, czar anymore. I quit, I quit. I, he calls uncle. How, do you
0: say <laughs> uncle. How do you say uncle in Russian? Uh, Great. Right. He does that. <laughs> on March 15th. First, 1918, once the communist Bolsheviks are in power, the family, they, they get, you know, they're, they're held prisoner in a couple different places. They finally are moved to, uh, Ekattenburg in, it's near the Ural Mountains and it's this home that they'll be kept in. It's, uh. Pretty nice home i don't think so okay it used to be like the home of a captain and then they're like get the fuck out of here we're holding the uh romanovs in here
1: and they're like oh my god i'm claustrophobic there's only 10 rooms exactly. in this exactly yeah. yeah
0: so uh it's and it's called the house of special purpose oh which just makes me think of the jerk like what's your <laughs> special purpose <laughs> <laughs> right No,
1: that's so funny Okay, so they're kept in the (laughs) I wonder if that's where he got it (gasps) Fucking Steve Martin Steve Martin You're smart and That's what you like to do I did it too I like it
0: (laughs) Uh, they're kept in this home in strict isolation without any of their possessions. I think they had do- their dogs there though, which is cool. That's nice. Um, they're guarded day and night. There's two like high walls surrounding the property for their imprisonment and for the security from the angry townspeople who were like, "Let's kill these people." Yeah. Um, the windows in all the family's rooms are sealed shut and covered with newspaper, and they're for- forbidden from looking out the window. It sounds incredibly boring. Yeah. Um, they're required to ring a bell Every time they want to leave their rooms to go to the bathroom And the the guards Eventually total around 300 Jesus Christ So you gotta imagine So the four daughters are now 13, 17, 19, and 21 And there are around 300 guards who fucking hate their family Yeah And there's rumors of, And you have to imagine that they were sexually assaulted at some point Sure For sure But they don't talk about like, I, Everything I looked in I've only heard that in one Uh you know story but. it kind of stands to reason but right yeah oh wait i'm alexis the the boy was 13 but the daughters were 17 19 21 and 22 okay in july when the white guard which is still loyal to the czar they begin to move onto kattenberg and they might take the city over so that's this is what is uh surmised as the reason for what happens next um In the early morning hours of July 17th, 1918, the royal family is they're all awakened and uh, around 2 a.m. in order to get dressed and they're taken down to a 20 foot by 16 foot like semi basement room in this house. And the pretext for this move, they tell them like, oh, the uh, anti-Bolshevik forces are approaching. We're taking you down here for your own safety because we might be fired upon. So the family is like, oh, my God, we're close to safety. We're going to be like saved. They go down there. It's so it's Nicholas who's Tsar Nicholas who's 50, the Tsarina Alexandra is 46 and their children, 13 year old Alexis, 17 year old Anastasia, 19 year old Maria, 21 year old Tatiana, and 22 year old Olga, along with the family's personal physician, Eugene Botkin, and three of their (laughs) servants. What Eugene Botkin? He's what a nerd. (laughs) Get that nerd out of the basement. And three of their servants, all who had voluntarily stayed with the family, which Aww. is pretty insane. Um, Anna Demidova, Alexi Trump. Nope. Alexi <laughs> Trump. And Ivan Kadro-Tovnov. Uh, <laughs> some dovnov One of his, like, fucking descendants is so mad at me right now for getting that name wrong. It's karat Dognov. Karatov, karat Mm-hmm. Okay. So... Little do they know, so they're seated in this basement. They get chairs for the Tsarina and Alexei, who's of course frail from his hemophilia. Has been for his old, whole life. Little do they know that standing in another room are a fire is a firing squad that had been assembled and is uh, waiting for the command. It's seven communist soldiers from Central Europe and three local Bolsheviks, all under the ca- command of Bolshevik officer uh, Yakov Yur- uh, Yurovsky, who we fucking hate. Boo, he's a piece of shit. Really? Yeah. Why? <laughs> <laughs> it's said that Yakov. Ya- uh, secured the order of execution from Lenin himself, but of course there's no paper trail, so we don't know that for Anything sure. Anything could have been going on. Exactly. When the family gets into the basement, they're all seated, um, and Yurovsky simply says, uh, Nikolai Ale- Alexandrovich, in view of the fact that your relatives are continuing their attack on Soviet Russia, the, rural, the Ural executive committee has decided to execute you. And that's when they fucking realize they're all going to get killed. Shit. Nicholas he's stunned He has barely has any time to react Before the executioners They draw the revolvers And the shooting begins <sighs> Nicholas is the first to die And there's this I am reading a I have a book that Halfway through about The murders And it's really graphic And says everything And I had to stop reading it Because I got dizzy Because it was so bad Yeah so you can read that If you want to But um, Essentially Nicholas is the first to die Anastasia, Tatiana and Olga and Maria survived the first round of bullets. I think they got like one in the leg and one in the arm. And it's because as they're shot at, the bullets are deflecting off of their bodies because they are wearing over 1.3 kilograms of diamonds and precious <laughs> gems that they secretly all secretly sewed into their undergarments. Oh, right. When they left before they left the palace. Oh, fuck! so they're fucking deflecting the bullets, which is like almost worse,
1: you know, but you mean because they're just... They continue to live while they're being attempted, murdered? Yeah. Like, they don't get a quick death. You're Right. But uh, also, if you were shooting them and then yeah. seeing bullets deflected, wouldn't you be like, wait, maybe they are, like, from God and, yeah. like, I was wrong this whole time?
0: Well, apparently... So, this is, like, an insanely botched execution, and apparently they were all shit-faced drunk too, and oh, no. not experienced. They didn't... The weapons were just, like, given to them randomly. It's not like they had they were good at their jobs even which is disgusting but uh so they they get some protection from the bullets and then the bayonets oh no the remaining executioners they start shooting chaotically until the room is so filled with smoke and dust that no one can see anything and they can't hear any of the commands amid amid the noise they realize that the gunshots are being heard uh by the neighbors like they're in this fucking little town square there's like other houses around um so the men are told to stop firing and kill the family with their gun butts and bayonets Ew. so there's so the family and the servants are stabbed with bayonets and shot at close range in their heads um the execution lasts about 20 minutes and at, at the end of it once everyone's dead the dynasty that had ruled russia for over 300 years is fucking over wow so the bodies of the Romanovs and their servants are loaded onto a truck and taken to the Koptyaki Forest. You have to scream the last part of that. <laughs> Koptyaki Forest. The truck gets stuck in an air They're, they're supposed to take them to these uh, mines and drop them out in the mines. But the truck gets stuck in the mud at, near the gorno Oralsk railway line so the men are fucking exhausted and drunk and over it and they refuse to obey, obey orders so Urofsky's just like fuck it let's bury them in the road where, near the track where it stalled so the bodies are laid out and stripped of their clothing and valuables at a place called Pig's Meadow oh I know and then they're all put in, their bodies are put into a grave that was dug, and then their sulfuric acids poured on top of them, and then their faces are smashed with the rifle butts and and covered with quicklime to prevent identification. Jesus Christ. I know. The burial is completed at 6 a.m. on July 19th. Uh, but it's, so, you know, half the population people don't like the tsar but they didn't want their whole family to be killed right but it, it was and, and people still believe in the tsar too so it, it's they don't they don't want people to know what they did um, and then you know they tell them that only the tsar and uh his the heir, you know Alexi have been killed and everyone else is in hiding but of course it's not true for more than 60 years the fate of the romanovs is debated and it's not totally known what happened to them a woman claiming to be Anastasia uh, Anna Anderson said she that she was Anastasia and she had survived and she actually knew intimate details about the Romanovs family maybe and people believed her story do you remember uh, this because yes. it was the late 90s when she was proven wrong yes
1: I love that story yeah. well, also there was like an actual the Disney movie and shit. cartoon but it's the cool I any scam like that yeah. there's also the one where the the girl came and pretended to be a princess it's um she, they just found her on the side of the road And right. she was like I'm a Tahitian princess or wherever yeah. It's like some tropical island princess Yeah And she scammed a bunch of people in England I yeah. think Around the same Like, you know You're into ba- that. Back when there was no TV There was no way to communicate quickly Right So if you wrote a letter of like That's not who that is It would take four months to get there And by then you fucking
0: Sewn all your jewels into your underwear. That's right. As long as
1: you're charming and convincing, people would just be like, Sounds good. Yeah. I think
0: you are a royal. And want her to be that. Like, they didn't want the children to be dead. So no. people wanted this to be Anastasia. And she fucking did look like her. And they got so, so then what happened was um there's a, a trial that is the longest trial in modern German history to determine if it's Anastasia or not and they got this like crazy forensic handwriting analysis dude and he and I think it was a woman and she was like it's totally Anastasia like she fooled even her Wow. Yeah. Uh, So she
1: knew her stuff, this woman, Anna.
0: Or she just got lucky and people wanted to believe her. Yeah. But the trial failed to determine if it was her or not. She died in 1984 and still insisting she's the princess. Several other people reported to be the Romanov children throughout the years. Um, and then the burial ground remained undiscovered until May of 1979, when local amateur sleuth and retired geologist Alexander Avdonin and some of his fucking bros located. They like they everyone's looking for this fucking grave. Yeah they locate the shallow grave after years of covert evidence gathering and studying the, the evidence. So this is 1979. They find the grave. They find three skulls from the grave and they try to get people to fucking DNA test them and shit. But everyone is, this is not a time when you can be doing shit like this. So they were worried about the consequences. Because and, it's
1: now almost the 80s in Russia,
0: right? Right. Okay. right. Yeah. So, uh, and the consequences were imprisonment, possible death, so they fucking rebury the skulls oh no in 1980 and are just like we'll be quiet until there's a time in our lives where we can go back and dig them up holy
1: shit isn't that insane yeah. if you
0: just knew where the fucking Romanovs was, were but you could, there's nowhere to send any there's no like yeah no one will test them yeah so in July of 1991 so it's fucking 11 years later six months before the final dissolution of the Soviet Union a commission appointed by Br- Boris Yeltsin to investigate the murders they finally exhumed the remains from Pig Meadow. but the problem is that there's only nine skeletons found, and there's supposed to be 11 fucking bodies. So DNA confirms that the smashed skulls and bullet-ridden bones were those of the Romanovs and their servants. But two of the children's bodies, including including Alexi and either Anastasia or Maria, aren't found with their family, which, of course, leads people to think that either uh, the nine bodies aren't the Romanovs and their servants and or Anastasia and Alexi are still alive, which, mm. like... All this crazy speculation, and the and it conclude it makes the Russian Orthodox Church refuse to recognize the remains as those of the Romanovs. So they refuse to fucking bury them in a you know official Russian Orthodox uh, sanctified grave grave and ceremony and shit. And they're sainted, so like this would it would have been a big fucking deal. Um, so they are interred in July ninety eight. And uh, they're referred to by the priests Conducting the service as Christian victims of the revolution Rather than the imperial family They Whoa. like refuse to acknowledge them as who they are So finally then uh, And actually uh, NecroSearch is involved in the search as well And there's a chapter in the book that I love um, no, Stone Dun- no Stone Unturned About the Romanovs And the search for them It's really cool But uh, on July in July of 2007, another amateur group of local enthusiasts found a small pit near where the bodies were initially found, containing the remains of Alexei and his sister, Maria, mm. located uh, in a small bonfire site not far from the main grave. So it turns out that Yurovsky had separated the saravich alexei and his sister maria turns out it's maria in an attempt to confuse anyone who might discover the mass graves with only nine bodies which fucking worked he did it on purpose he did it on purpose wow alexei and his sister were burned their remaining charred bones thoroughly smashed with spades and then tossed into a smaller pit um, and despite overwhelming forensic and DNA evidence, the church has refused to recognize these remains as belonging to uh, Alexei and Maria. And for several years, the boxes ca- containing ash, ashes and a few bone fragments, that was all that remained of the children, was just sitting in a shelf in the Russian state archives. And in 2015, those bones were finally uh, uh, Judged authentic. Wow. So, this fucking week marks the 100th anniversary of the execution of the Russian royal family by the Bolsheviks, one of the most shocking events of the 20th century. During his reign, the Russian Empire went from being one of the foremost great powers of the world to economic and military collapse under the rule of Nicholas II. And even so, people still debate whether or not the assassination was deserved or was just straight out fucking murder Mm -hmm. and that's the story of the romanovs
1: wow they still haven't gotten their orthodox uh burial yeah wow i love that story because then it just makes me want to read a book about russia is so huge insane the history is beyond belief Mm -hmm. well you know my family
0: right before world war one or when world no wait sorry my family, when World War I was started, was run out of their town in Russia. Oh, really? Yeah, uh, because they were Jewish. Their town was burned to the ground. And then my grandma, who was seven at the time, and her family were, lived in fields trying to survive for the next seven years. Shit. Until they were finally able to escape and come to great Los Angeles.
1: <laughs> Your grandma
0: was an exiled Russian Jew. Seven years old, living in fields her mother picked potatoes during the day for money and would steal one potato they'd eat the potato she had like six siblings they'd eat the potato for dinner and the peelings the next day <gasps> for breakfast Fuck. they some people who were sympathetic would let them sleep in their barn but they had to keep moving because Jews weren't there was another pogrom just constantly yeah
1: jesus christ yeah, so. i didn't realize it was that close to you like that it was your grandma
0: yeah is that your bigger dummies grandma no, that's Molly. She's, she got,
1: had the same thing, but in Poland. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm sorry about what's been happening to you Jews for the past 2,000 years. It's pretty fucked up. Thank you. We, uh, on behalf
0: of all the Jews, Karen Kilgareth, we appreciate it.
1: Really? Yeah. God, I love you guys. You um,
0: would let us sleep in your barn. Oh, oh, my God. I don't know about Stephen. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> or Stephen's like, what the fuck? Stephen, what is your heritage? I'm half Mexican. What's then- the other half? uh i think like english or something like that
1: yeah english mexicans i feel like the mexican side would be like yeah we we get it we've been through some shit yeah those english though man they don't get it they love to colonize (laughs) they love to oppress when did your uh when did you guys come here
0: uh i think my dad's side came over um like the midwest like when like They were all like coming out after, um, like not the pilgrims or anything like that. No, from Mexico though. From Mexico. Uh, (laughs) uh, Even my grandma grew up here. She's I call her Glendale Mexican because she grew up here.
1: That's Armenian. (laughs) Are you crazy?
0: My mistake. (laughs) Yeah, my my my, even my mom's side, who's Mexican, has been here for a long time. Oh, okay, cool. Well, shit, guys, guys, look and listen, and have a can of wine. Uh, (laughs) That was good.
1: rugged enough for grills or an open flame. It's the MVP of summer cookouts and cook-ins. What I really love about made-in cookware is that it actually makes something like having a Memorial Day barbecue much more convenient because you can keep everything on the grill if you need to throw, say, a pan of garlic up on the top while you're grilling your steaks on the bottom, it's strong enough, durable enough to do that. If you want to take your cooking to the next level, remember what so many great dishes have in common. They're all made in, made in. Save up to 25% this Memorial Day from May 18th through May 27th when you visit madeincookware.com. That's M-A-D-E-I-N
0: cookware.com. Goodbye.
1: I just want to share one of my favorite memories of being in Cold War Russia when the Iron Curtain was still up and, Sardines. And yet we were <laughs> we were high school students that were just like, hey, what's up? Yeah. We've Interna- got a bunch of money.
0: International incident. It's just like
1: waiting to happen. So it was like uh it was very um You know Communist Russia While we were there Uh Um, There were like These big We would stay in these Big huge hotels That were relatively empty That looked like They were built in In the late 1800s Or something Oh my god Like huge tall ceilings And it was really Insanely picturesque And gorgeous And at the same time Surreal And bizarre Yeah And But my favorite night And I think I've talked about Like we got lost on that The Moscow subway Which is gorgeous It looks like Mm. The whole thing looks like a museum Mm. It has chandeliers Mm. And this gorgeous tile And uh, we got lost We were drunk And we got lost And then some Russian soldiers Just found Like brought us back We don't know how Mm, Or how they knew Where we were staying It was super crazy (laughs) But one time we went to A bar And it was just Like there was just a sign Like a sign that said Bar in Russian essentially And downstairs and then you go in And everything was exactly the same color It was like this dark brown gray Mm -hmm. And it was just all old men Nothing, everything was just dark brown and gray Everyone's clothes, Mm -hmm. the whole bar, the paint on the wall It was just this weird thing (laughs) So we walk up and I'm about to order us all like six vodkas You know, because we were allowed to drink Because we were all, you know, of age in Europe my friend jennifer gearing who's the funniest person of all time goes up to the bar leans up and goes hey can i get six vodka collins and like the guy behind the counter does not speak english (laughs) they don't have fucking collins Collins, mix i mean like everything about i was like go sit down you're embarrassing me you're embarrassing me in communist russia go sit down it was fucking hilarious vodka collins is our new murder in a drink of choice right can I get like six Savaka Collins? <laughs> and it's just a guy that looked like he was out of central casting and who he was hate like, you ne- yet. Okay. <laughs> um,. So my story this week is one that we haven't done yet. It's super famous. People ask us to do it all the time, and then ask us why we haven't done it. Great. And it's another one of those ones where it's like, I'm going to save it for a live show. No, no, I want to do it at a live show, and it's so depressing, and I don't want to do it. Yeah. Because it is the hideous. (gasps) And I am telling you, if you have any any issues or triggers around molestation incest uh sexual abuse at all you do not want to listen to the story because it's fucking terrible it's the story of fred and rosemary west oh yeah it is a good one it's so like i have attempted to do this story I think like four different times and every time I'm just like, I don't, this is awful. I want to hear it and I don't have those triggers
0: because I'm a fucking monster who likes terrible things all the time. Right. But I can imagine you doing this at the London show and it just
1: going quiet. Yes. But then people are like, why didn't you do it? I know it's such a weird balance, but it's also like, yeah, it, for live shows, we need to be able to talk to each other and yeah. like at least have a semblance of a good time and interaction and this is just all this is some of the darkest shit of all time well i must not know all the dark shit then so tell me yeah it's crazy and but the the good thing that that i was happy about is early on um i i tried to do a recommendation and tried to reference this show called it was a um i think originally it was like a tv show in england um Starring Emily Watson, called Appropriate Adult, mm-hmm. and it stars Emily Watson. It's Dominic West, who is from The Wire, but mm-hmm. he's like British, an amazing British actor, um, and uh, and then this incredible uh, actress who. Uh, I still can't get over her performance. She plays Rosemary West mm-hmm. and her name is Monica Dolan. And she is so Can fucking I good. Uh, I don't have a picture okay. of her. Um, she's so fucking good in this thing. Inappropriate adult. So Emily Watson plays. Well, essentially, there's a, a thing in England. It's uh, when you they have a person that's essentially like a citizen social worker that just is there as the witness to make sure that the person when they're being interviewed by police is being treated fairly
0: Mm -hmm. and advocate what's that it's a victim oh you mean but it's a murderer advocate
1: exactly it's it's like basically and it's for it's usually either for children who've been arrested or for people who are like somehow um have maybe a learning disability or Or something wrong with them but they so they bring her they bring you know this woman in um to to be this, I believe her name was Janet Leach and it's a true story. So when it gets that part, you can, I would 1000% recommend Appropriate Adult. I'm watching um, it. It's available on iTunes. Dude. And there, it's in two parts. So, uh, but it, it basically goes into once he's arrested and it goes into the insanity mm. of like how the whole case kind of mm. unfolds. Um, so anyway, that uh that's p- part of where I got this whole story, but um, and then there was an article in The Independent written by Will Bennett in October of nineteen ninety five where I got a bunch of information. Cool. Um, so we'll start with Rosemary West, uh unlike anyone in in any I, I just can't like when you talk about this woman. You see a picture of her, Stephen. Would you pull up a she picture? Looked, oh, I know she's like super motherly, right? Yes, she looks like every mom from the eighties, totally. like the really big glasses and like sh- just a short kind of reasonable hair. Yeah, little frump, little frump zone.
0: Little, she's, had, she's in the frump zone for sure. She's had some kids. She's lived like she just doesn't
1: care. Eight like, kids. She's like she eight? Just yeah. Holy fuck. Yeah. So she's she just looks like the average lady yeah. walking down the street with her grocery and bag. no shame on the front zone. Like I have the front zone. I'm base. the mayor of the fucking front zone, <laughs> so don't worry about it. Great, um,
0: <laughs> yeah. This photo of them is just oh, classic. She
1: took her glasses off for the photo.
0: It just looks like they're on a Sears couch with the best wallpaper I've ever seen in my life in the background. It looks like the fucking uh, canvas we have in the yes, and
1: they use that inappropriate adult. They have her sitting on a couch in front of that wallpaper, like so. They they clearly tried to recreate the house as it was, and this house is so fucking creepy.
0: She looks cute. She's got her little like Dorothy Hamill haircut. He looks like um, if uh, um, Jermaine. Not Jemaine um, Yeah if Jemaine From fucking Flight of the Concords Like really wanted To go all out And play like a Ugly Gross dude Don't you think <laughs> I yes. think Jemaine Clement Is hot as fuck Don't get me wrong but No he, he is he looks for sure like A leisure suit
1: Jemaine, it's like if J- Jemaine on Halloween trying to be a monster, right? Essentially, right? Because um, he does look a lot like he looks like a Muppets monster. Yes, essentially, yes. his teeth are crazy. He has like unibrow, um, his but small eyes, and he just he looks like he's up to no good, totally. Um, oh, and sorry. that's also why he's so fascinating in um, uh, appropriate adult. You get that sense of what a true psychopath he yeah. is. I get like he's, a crazy laugh. What? I bet he had like a crazy laugh. Oh, maybe. Like an unexpected... <laughs> you know, like something you wouldn't expect. Like the kind of laugh that would make you leave a bar. Right. No matter how many vodka collins you had waiting exactly. for you. It would like kind of jar you. <laughs> yes. So, okay. So, Rosemary... She was born Rosemary Letts in Devon November 29th 1953 and of course it is it, it's all of these they're both of their backgrounds tragedy right. from jump so Rosemary's parents he actually calls her Rose for the most of the time um both of her parents suffer from mental illness. Her mother, when she's pregnant with Rose, falls into a deep depression and they give her electroshock therapy. Ooh, with a baby. With the baby. So there's lots of theorizing that uh, there was prenatal injury to her, probably definitely in the brain. Yeah. Um, so, because when uh, Rose is growing up, Lots of aggression, lots of temper tantrums. Oh. She's a terrible student. Um, the parents have a terrible marriage. Her father, Bill, is a paranoid schizophrenic. Oh, fuck. Yep. Um, so he's super violent and he is terrifying. He is uh, there's just this awful presence in the home um, to the point where the mother moves herself and oh. Rosemary out of the house. Um, but... Uh, in her adolescence, Rosemary moves back into the house. Oh, honey. Um, and it's, it's around the same time. So she hits puberty and becomes obsessed with her body and her developing body. She has a brother that she walks around naked in front of all the time that she begins oh, to no. engage in incestuous acts with. Ay, ay. Um, and uh, she essentially, it's not happening out of the blue, it turns out her father has been molesting her since she was 13 years old. Of course he has. Yeah. And so she Rosemary not only ha- is obsessed with sex and and uh, but she's also uh, Preoccupied with older men mm-hmm. um, And that's how she ends up Meeting Fred West uh, Because yeah, Rosemary is 15 When she meets the 27 year old Fred West Shut up Yeah Ew <laughs> Yeah So she's she is a sophomore in high school And he's fucking 27 Oh my god And Fred One of the worst people Ever to exist uh-huh. As a child He was beaten and molested When he was 17 he got into a car accident that left him with a limp and a metal plate in his head. Head injury.
0: Right. Frontal Everyone cortex.
1: After after that uh, car accident he was never the same. Can you
0: imagine knowing someone who got in a car accident or like living with them and being they're acting really like that always scares me when people are like he, he wasn't acting the same after that. Yeah. Like if Vince got in a car accident and then
1: started getting like these rage outbursts. Yeah. What would I do? It happens all the time. It happens to people all the time. I couldn't. It's terrifying. <clears throat> yeah. It's really awful. Also, he's... But I don't... I think that... He probably wasn't the greatest before the car accident. hundred percent. Because he also sustained another head injury when a woman pushed him off a fire escape because he <gasps> stuck his hand up her skirt. Uh, Good for her. Can he, you imagine? I know. Whoop, She's bye. like, get the fuck out of here. Holy also, shit. Also, at some point along the line, he got his own sister pregnant. Oh, no. <laughs> I was really trying to make Georgia do a spit God take with her it. can of wine. Not in my own house. <clears throat> gross. Not in my backyard. Only on stage um so then he moves to scotland after all that he moves to scotland to become an ice cream truck driver oh but he, Jesus. uh-huh but he ha- comes back to england after he runs over a four-year-old child What the fuck? Dude? so we're on strike 19 now with fred west can't just put him to sleep not no good um so in the late 60s he comes back to in england and he gets a job as of course a builder, because for some reason, hmm. all of these serial killers somehow go into the contracting field. Hmm. It's the weirdest fucking thing. Hmm. I guess it's the independent work schedule, mm-hmm. hammers. I don't know burial, easy burial yeah. tool tools and cement mess- work. Right. <laughs> so. The only good thing anyone says about him is that he's known to be a hard worker, which is like good for him. Great. So he's on coke, probably (laughs) exactly, or he just loves fucking nails. Dig. Yeah. Um. So it's around this time where he meets fifteen-year-old. Hi, Rose. Hi, I'm fifteen. Hi, I'm twenty-seven. Yeah. And but she's like, well, I've always had this paranoid schizophrenic molester father. Yeah. So this is better. Um. That. Horrible father objects strongly to Rose's ha- having her re- this relationship with this old man, essentially with the crazy, crazy teeth. Um, <laughs> but she basically believes that they believe that they are like psychically connected. And there's this part in Appropriate Adult, I'm like psychically Right. Is really what it is. Yeah. There's a part in Appropriate Adult where he, Fred, Spoiler alert, he ends up getting arrested. Oh. He's in the police station and he goes, Oh, Rose is in the police station. And they're like, No, no, she's not here. We mm. haven't arrested her yet. And he goes, No, she's here. <gasps> and then they leave you the interrogation room her. and she was there. And no one, no one in the room knew she was there except for Fred. So there is this, they have a very odd, creepy, creepy, creepy connection and thing. Ugh. Um, so, uh, Their relationship starts. He is abusive to her. Of course, he's sexually, you know, technically sexually assaulting her and raping her. She's 15. Right. Um, uh, But he's also violent with her because he's a violent person. So she's uh, becomes pregnant relatively soon after this affair starts. Um, And she gives birth to their daughter in 1970. Her daughter, their daughter's named Heather. Uh, When when she is uh, when Rosemary is 17 um fred west already has two children jesus from a previous relationship and at this around the at same his t- sister <laughs> no no he's he he's had a different relationship okay. um uh he's sent to prison for petty theft and for fine evasion around the same time so 17 year old highly unstable rose becomes mother to now three children she, all at once well she has to take over those other two kids yeah Jesus. Yeah. and they what they call it takeover it's a ta- <laughs> it is a full takeover um so fred it's two daughters unfortunately charmaine and Marie mm-hmm. are, are his daughters um that he had from a previous relationship with a woman named rena costello and so at some point while fred is still in jail and rosemary is taking care of those three kids charmaine one of fred's daughters disappears <gasps> Uh-huh, and when asked where she's gone, Rose tells people that she's gone to Scotland to to live with her biological mother- uh-huh. um so when Fred gets out of jail uh he comes back and they move from the house that they did live in to the now infamous twenty 20- house at twenty five Cromwell Street in Gloucester and the neighbors know them as slightly eccentric but nice they. People say that they're the kind of neighbors that would do anything for you. And that's because they have no fucking idea what's going on in what is actually and in truth a complete hellhouse. Oh my god. So it turns out Rosemary is a sex worker who is working out of her own home. Okay. And they have set up the house. The bedrooms have are outfitted with cameras and listening devices. Mm, she's so,
0: still a teenager at this point? She
1: is, yeah, basically. Yeah you 18 know 18 or 19 or something. Yeah, she's in her late teens, early 20s okay. when all this starts. So Fred can watch these set se- sessions she's having. Gross. We'll call them sessions with her clients from <laughs> far Ugh. and in the house. Um and if that's not dark enough for you. It's not dark enough for me. Okay. Then one of her clients is her own father Bill. <gasps> uh-huh. That then Fred knows that. That's dark enough for me. That well, it gets darker. <gasps> because then rose eventually encourages fred to begin to sexually abuse anna marie (gasps) and rose would join in that i mean she is what the it, it actually reminds me of the Ken and Barbie killers, uh, Carla Molca, right? Um, and from Canada, like giving you a gift. Like he, she gives him the gift of
0: her sister, kind of a thing. Exactly. Right. Oh my! It's the insane sexual assault, incest, just psychopaths who yes. have no emotional fucking understanding of human emotions.
1: And it's the thing of when pe- when women do that that when they're mothers and they do it to their own children it truly it's this taboo that is truly mind-blowing you know but it's not a taboo to them because they were raped by their fathers too that's exactly it's not fucking weird exactly right it's that's that was childhood yeah for both of these people yeah um yeah oh my god no good so uh they then begin selling anna marie to pedophiles no yeah how old is she At the time, I think that started when she was eight, around the age of eight. Oh my god! One will go one darker. Okay. The grandfather was a client, also. So
0: fucking Rosemary's gross rapist, Molesty father. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Just the worst. This is
1: so. Again, for all the people who inquired, this is why I would I (laughs) I would get to about this part and just be like, yeah, this is the worst story ever told. So eventually rose gets pregnant and has eight different children five of them are fred west holy shit three of them are fathered by clients they're not sure exactly who they are but but are any of them her dad uh they don't i not nothing i read said that but it could definitely be there were rumors that some of them were local authority figures yes so um, I think that's why this went like un- it was rumored, but it was never reported yeah. for a long time that things went on in this household for way, way, way too long because this was basically uh, the sex worker of of town. Yeah. And so nobody was like. But it's also like if this authority
0: figure comes in to, you know, have sex for money with Rosemary, it's not like he knows the other shit's going on in the house. So it's not like he would have looked into it.
1: He didn't look into, you know, you know what I mean, right? It's not like they were getting reports and then they were ignoring them, right? But they also were were in no way trying to look at anything that was happening sure. in that house, sure, because they knew at least they were guilty of something, right? And also there it was a lot of kind of intense S and M bondage, what? Uh, yeah, violent sex. It's yeah. Um, at one point when they live on Cromwell Street rena costello shows up to get her daughters back from fred okay and rena disappears (gasps) uh so the
0: mom of the two girls one of whom is ixnay not around anymore that mom disappears yes oh my
1: god so okay so in 1972 um and this is when basically it goes from the ultimate depravity within the household and within their own family and their own home. And then they begin to branch out in 1972. They pick up a 17 year old hitchhiker named Carolyn Owens. And they ask if she'll be their nanny because Mm -hmm. they have all these kids and they need extra help. She says, yes, she finds them nice charming, whatever. Um, and she moves into the house on Cromwell street. Mm -hmm. And after two weeks, she tries to leave. Um, because of course it's fucking a living hell and insanity. Mm-hmm. But Fred and Rose go out and they find her hitchhiking mm-hmm. and they pick her back up. They get her back into the car. Rose begins to sexually assault her. What? And then Fred pull as she's trying to fight Rose off, Fred pulls over, punches her in the face and she goes unconscious. <gasps> when she wakes up, she's back at 25 Cromwell street, gagged, hands bound, being, mol- she's molested all night by Rose and in the morning, she convinces them if they let her go, she's not going to say anything to anybody, yeah. That it's fine. No big deal. So they fucking let her go. What? She goes straight to the cops, tells them what happened. The Wests are arrested. They're charged with assault, quote, assault, occasioning actual bodily harm and with indecent assault. But Mm-mm. Caroline's too scared to actually testify against them in court. She can't handle going to court. Yeah. And so on January 12th, 1973, Um, The West plead guilty, but they're fined a hundred pounds and released. Are you fucking kidding me? They never serve any time for that assault. And then soon after that, young girls around Gloucester uh, begin disappearing. Um, Most of them come from broken homes or they're single women traveling by themselves. So no one really hears much about it. Not until 1992.
0: What? Yes. So, 72 when
1: they first kidnapped the girls. Yep.
0: To fucking 92, which I, I was alive then and, and it wasn't years. that long
1: ago? 20 years. These people are kind of just doing whatever. Are you fucking kidding me? But... Here's what's happened. So, there's lots of rumors around town. Do yeah. people know... Is it a small town? It kind of is, right? Uh, I don't know anything about Gloucester. I didn't look anything up. But I... I it's not big. Yeah, it's I mean, like I, a... It's, not, it's no London, <laughs> is what they say in, in my mind that I'm making up right now. Um, so... Finally, someone goes to the police and says Fred West is raping his 13-year-old daughter and someone needs to do something about it. Um, so social services starts investigating the West family, and this is when it all kicks off. Okay. Um, so authorities enter the home at 25 Cromwell Street, and they find tons of insane, obscene paraphernalia everywhere. So mm-hmm. it's not just like they have you know they have those rooms that are outfitted with the cameras that it, where rosemary has her clients yeah but they have shit everywhere are there photos um oh i don't know i'm not the photo person I, i'm gonna go look do it go down up. i mean hole. i've definitely there's definitely horrible wallpaper i'll tell you that there's some there's oh. some. like <laughs> each room has a different color and scheme and oh. everything where you're like the person that built this house is crazy is a monster is it doesn't care about aesthetics okay. at all so They basically pull the children out of the house and they are interviewed by police and social workers and they start hearing these insane stories of sexual abuse. Poor babies. And emotional abuse and just you know these parents are crazy so fred west is arrested for raping his 13 year old daughter and rose is arrested for child cruelty mm-hmm. but the 13 year old daughter refuses to testify against uh her parents and so in june of 1993 the case falls apart shut up yeah once again but authorities know yeah this they really bad shit is taking place and when they're interviewing all the children, they're trying to find the da- the first daughter. The, yes, who they said had gone back to live with her mother. Oh, okay, right, right, right. Um, so, their police are trying now to track down Heather. Russ, Fred, and Rose uh, say that she left home in 1987 following a family disagreement, but now she works at a holiday village in Devonshire, and that they got a, they get phone calls from her every once in a while, and they'd actually. Um, taken a phone call from Heather in front of the children one time huh. so that the children also said oh yes Heather called home that one time mom and dad both talked to her we didn't they, yeah. would, they didn't let us talk to her Yeah. Um, so uh Then they start talking to Heather's friends, and that's when they find out that 1987 was around the time Heather started telling her friends about the Mm -hmm. insane abuse that was going on in their home. Um, So, authorities are putting together that she disappeared right around the time she started confiding to other people what was actually happening. So, then all the younger West children are put into basically the British version of foster care. Mm -hmm. And... Which is called foster care. They, ca- <laughs> <laughs> they call it care. Care. Put into care. You have to whisper it. So uh, when they, when the kids start talking to their, oh, um, yeah. the foster carers, they start telling the story about if you misbehaved at home, they um, Fred and Rosemary would tell the kids um, if you don't behave, you're going to go under the patio where Heather is. <gasps> yeah. And so everyone's like, ding, ding, ding. Can
0: you imagine if you're foster parenting or foster care? You're a foster
1: carer. Yeah. And your kid's like, oh, I don't want to go under the house like the like my sister like my sister had disappeared chills i mean horrifying so so it's almost like everyone's just going like oh what what sorry what Let's like say that again it's all like unfolding, unfolding like oh these people who look like a- the most average people boring even super boring and then it's like oh there's this, this insane seamy underside yeah um so when they go so they basically uh they go in and they they dig up the patio Mm-mm. and they find the bones of Heather <gasps> West. And so, and this is where basically Appropriate Adult starts at Fred's arrest. No way. Um, where they, he had taken them to the house and he was, he, it's, he's so crazy and he's talking, like, he tells Police, yeah, you you can come because she's buried in the backyard. Mm-hmm. Then he changes his story. Then he changes it again. He's doing all this stuff. And he's trying to manipulate Janet Leach, the appropriate adult. Mm-hmm. So he's looking at her going, you should maybe check over there. <gasps> while he's denying that anyone's buried anywhere to the police. It's, it's almost
0: like he's two different people.
1: Yeah, or nine different people. Uh-huh. Like, it's truly... Truly, either it's super um, psychopathic manipulation, like he's masterminding it, or he's really stupid and just kind of playing it moment to moment. Yeah. It's very hard to tell.
0: Or that thing where it's like, well, if I'm going to get fucked for this, I want all the credit. So, like, here's some other shit you should go look into. Yeah.
1: Like, you, it's interesting. It's like that thing where does he like the attention? Does he like this weird relationship he's trying to build? He's clearly getting her interest because she's just supposed to be there standing there like witnessing things yeah. and making sure the police don't abuse a person who would be right you know in custody that sure everybody would want to punch in the face several times absolutely it might help his fucking stupid looking face too. <laughs> knock some teeth back into place so Basically, because of his hints and these things where he goes, he like, maybe we should go down and look in the cellar. And then when they get down the cellar, he's like, no, the spirits are telling me we, we shouldn't be down here. Yeah. So then the, the investigators like, dig up this entire cellar. Yeah. And that's when they find six bodies <gasps> of. Women buried in a circle Chronologically from when they Disappeared So Linda Goff is found in the cellar And she went missing on April 19th 1973 Holy shit She was 19 years old and she was a seamstress. She, you know, her she was close to their family. Her she When she disappears without a word, her mother starts asking around. And the information she gets leads to no. the West's house on Cromwell Street. And when she knocks on the door, Rosemary's like, oh, uh, you yeah, know, we haven't seen her. And then as Mrs. Goff is talking to her, she realizes that Rosemary is wearing Linda's <gasps> slippers and cardigan. <gasps> And oh. then she looks and sees that Linda's clothes are hanging on the clothesline. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. So she's like, I mean, what the fuck? Explain my face right now. Just, uh, whor- I guess, Hor- horror. 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 <laughs> um, then there's Carolyn Cooper, who is 15 years oh. old. She di- disappeared in November of 1973 oh um, on her way to g- visit her grandmother in Worcester. If it's. If it's the Boston pronounced I Worcester, bet you it's fucking not. Yeah, I bet it's Worcestershire, Worcestershire sauce. Nancy Parkington is 21. She was a student at Exeter in December of 1973. She went home for Christmas, and then she went out to visit her school friend at 1015 on the 27th of December. She was going to catch the last bus home, never seen again. Do we think that this is all hitchhiking related? Uh, you know I'm not sure because it's it's some of these are these people who are traveling so then you know not just I'm not victim
0: blaming but because but I think hitchhiking was a really normal thing and to get into a car of a couple if you fucking watch Hounds of Love that Australian murder I did that one time right Or any of these stories Yeah it's like Hitchhiking was very normal Yeah And yeah
1: They probably had a baby In the
0: car with them One of their babies That's right
1: You know the story Of the girl Who was kept in Kept in a box Under the the bed bed. The girl in the box That's how they got hurt Yeah They also found The body of 21 year old Swiss student Therese uh, Seigenthaler Um, She'd been studying sociology in London and she had decided to hitchhike across England and somewhere she disappeared somewhere on that trip. And also uh, a 15-year-old named Shirley Hubbard, who was last seen in November of 1974. She was from a broken home. There was a couple girls who were found in that basement who were had been in either foster care or their parents were divorced, and they had started going to the West's house or hanging out there oh. and and then disappeared. Uh, one of those was 18-year-old Juanita Mott, who that, that was exactly her story. So that was those were the bodies in the cellar and then they had also dug up the garden yeah which is where near the patio where heather was buried and they found shirley ann robinson an 18 year old who had moved into the west's house she started having an affair with fred oh, no. and gotten pregnant by him <gasps> in may of 1978 and that's when she disappeared so she her body was in the garden so basically the police thinking that they're just looking for the missing yeah. daughter yeah. discovered that basically these two people had been like these monstrous serial killers and sex abusers. Most of the bodies had been decapitated and dismembered. Thank you. Dismembered. Holy shit. Uh, yeah. And just clearly they, there was evidence of torture. They, this wasn't just like a simple, yeah. you know, it, it was the, they were the worst of the worst. they, and the problem is that they have no evidence that Rosemary's tied to any of these yeah. murders until uh-huh. they dig up the kitchen floor in the West's old house on Midland Avenue. Oh, can you imagine if you're, there, you're living there and you gotta knock at the door and they're like, hey, hi. Hi, real quick, sorry, we're the police. Yeah, and, you know uh, you gotta deal on this house. There's some. <laughs> there's a reason that you'd feel cold spots around oh! and bad vibes always. Oh no. Um, because fred's daughter charmaine's body was buried (sighs) so remember when charmaine disappeared because fred was in jail yeah yeah. well rosemary killed her and then when fred got out of jail rosemary was she had hidden the body fred's the one that put the body (gasps) under the kitchen floor oh my god yeah so he they were in on it together from the beginning yeah and they actually had a for, there's there's a documentary about this there's a uh, there's lots of documentaries you can watch on the west the wests. there's two on YouTube and one of them is about the uh, forensic dentistry mm. and how much it Took uh, played into this case, yeah, yeah, because that's how they pinpointed the time of Charmaine's death, and that's oh. how they got it to say Rosemary is the one who was responsible, not Fred, because he was in jail.
0: Oh, that's good. Combined- Otherwise, they probably
1: wouldn't have. They would have given her a plea to like testify against, her against or some him. Against him. Like she wasn't necessarily involved yeah. or whatever. And this was like, no, no, no. She was. <gasps> she had a hand in the killing, and she had a hand in this torture, and all you know, all of that. Holy shit! So eventually. Um Rose is charged with 10 counts of murder and Fred is charged with 12 counts of murder. And when they go to trial, so they separate the two of them. When they go to trial, Rose will not look at or interact with Fred in any way and it basically makes him go crazy. <gasps> and he freaks out uh and hangs himself in his cell. What? So he commits suicide. He never he basically doesn't he never gets charged with anything because God, he commits I have suicide never in himself. studied this murder. Clearly. It's so or these fu- people, you know, they're so fucking crazy. And the whole thing and his, what a dick. He fucking hanged himself. Yeah. But if you watch like, especially an appropriate adult, his weird connection with her and his weird, like he defends her in the beginning. He says she has nothing to do with it in the beginning. And then it, it's just, it's a classic case of that. Like, He's the, her abuser But then yeah. I think at, over the years She became his Yeah Before a suicide There's an interview With the police Where he's quoted as saying You've the murders wrong Nobody went through hell It was sexual encounters Gone wrong So he tried to Please. intimate That it was some kind of like mm-hmm. Sex play Where people were uh, It was voluntary Up until the last minute
0: You know that thing Where people are getting Into getting
1: decapitated During sex Right And also That, that accident Doesn't happen 12 times uh-huh. You fucking asshole no. Here's the cool part. Carolyn Roberts, who is the hitchhiker who was afraid to testify uh-huh. for her own trial, the nanny. came back uh-huh. and testified in this murder trial. And she's the reason uh-huh. that Rosemary West got convicted and is still in jail to this day. She's still alive. She's still in jail. In last July, she was diagnosed with gla- glaucoma and she's going blind. And she said in a quote to the newspaper, if I go blind, I'm going to commit suicide. <laughs> and everyone's like okay yeah everyone's like that's fine um oh my The really weird thing is in 1996 they went to demolish 25 cromwell street Uh uh-huh it's when the the old house the new house the new house Uh that's where all the horrible things happened it took them five days to knock the house down why i don't i i'm not sure if i mean it made of cement if he did so much building and burying and cementing and doing things inside the house mm-hmm. i mean the whole thing was um it, you know it was like this bizarre fortress yeah. that they had built and that the these horrible things were happening and of course they the police were immediately like get rid of that yeah. as it, as an entity yeah it just but then it just took them forever so it's weird. like they couldn't knock it down yeah So that's the quickest, most lightest, like dipping into talking about the important things, but not living in the horror show. But you definitely can. I mean, you know, I'm gonna. Yeah, there's but there's really good. I mean, Appropriate Adult is such an incredible um, it's such an incredible way to present the story because Janet Leach is as this person who is like the you know f- mandated witness yeah. is sitting there and you know also it was her first case oh. as, as an appropriate adult oh, i feel like never have a first case anywhere because it's always of anything i Just know but for go something right to like the second this, case you'd think it would be like you know yeah just standard standard yeah. physical child abuse where we'll she gets an easy used one, to it, yeah. cuts her teeth. And there's just this amazing scene where when he starts confessing, he's saying it like he goes, well, yeah, I did bury Barry Heather's body under the patio. Like he just starts talking about it like they're talking about the news. And in the background, Emily Watson playing Janet Leach is just sitting there with her face. And it looks like her face is slowly dropping <laughs> off of her skull because she's just like, what the fuck? And she's there as his guy. Yeah. You know, she's supposed to be his his right hand man of like, you're you're there if the police try to abuse me. You're yeah. there if the and suddenly this is the monster that she has to work with. Wow. And then it basically the story comes out through their relationship where he keeps turning to her and going, You're the only one that you know, you're the only friend I have in the world. She's like, I'm not your friend. Yeah, It's incredible. And she has her own whole life. She has kids that like, she's not getting home till late because she has to work on this case that every word she hears is like, she can't unhear it. And then she goes home and looks at her beautiful children. They're all sitting around the dinner table. It's amazing. that I think that is like the best way to tell the story is through a person whose life is so horribly impacted. Then it goes into whole things of testifying and her selling her story because she didn't have a ton of money. and All the judgments. And And all the therapy she's going to need afterwards. Insanity. So crazy. Yeah. So watch Appropriate Adult Parts 1 and 2. I'm gonna. Yeah. That was amazing <sighs> so now we got that done we never have to talk about that fucking those monsters again karen great job thank you <laughs> thank you that was very it has bothered me that i haven't done it just because yeah. it is one of the worst of the worst yeah and we talk about terrible stuff all the time but for some reason yeah, it's it just is weird that we never did that it's just so much it's just so specifically awful yeah really bad
0: um well speaking of the opposite of awful right Which we always
1: do at the end. We always try to do. Uh, I have one. What's your fucking hooray? I have one at hand this week. I love it. And part of the reason last week that I was hesitating so much is because I wanted to do this one. I just hadn't finished the audio book yet. Oh, yeah. So I wanted to wait until I was done. Okay. So... This fucking book, and I now I'm gonna get the I'm gonna make sure I say the guy's name correctly. Um, but I I actually think I'm going to listen to it again <gasps> because the story wow. is so goddamn insane. And it was recommended to me by a friend of the show, uh Billy Jensen. It's called Bad Blood, and it's written by a man named John Careyroo, and he is a um uh Washington sorry, a Wall Street Journal reporter. And this story got brought to him and it is the, it's called bad blood secrets and lies in a, Sil- a silicon valley startup. And I don't want to tell you too much about it, but basically when all the dot coms, the, you know, the startup boom happened and, uh, it's this, it begins around 2007 mm-hmm. and it's a 22 year old, um, Stanford dropout who, begins her own tech company and it's she's going to start a new type of blood testing system where instead of using hypodermic needles which she claims to be scared of Mm -hmm. um she's going to start a finger a finger stick system where you only need a drop of blood and then they can diagnose diseases and tell you what's wrong with you and all this stuff Mm -hmm. and she basically takes that concept gets all this financial backing and eventually this company gets evaluated at being worth 400 billion dollars and she is on the covers of all the magazines and all this stuff well the truth of it the whole fucking thing is a scam i love it she doesn't she doesn't have any medical experience she doesn't have any science experience she doesn't know anything about this thing she's she is such a big um uh you know that she's starting a fucking startup for she just wants the idea of it to happen so all the scientists over the years that start to come and work for her Mm -hmm. and to try to build this thing are like yeah this it doesn't exist already because it can't exist right you need more blood than that to test for things um and she's like basically is like make it happen she (laughs) gets all these people powerful people on the board i picture her as janice from the muppets She's she's like evil Janice from the Muppets, okay. but there's parts of this book it it's this thing of how if you have a bunch of money and you're a liar you like and you're a sociopath basically yeah. you can kind of do anything you want yeah. because she keeps on convincing people to back her, give her money and support her while scientists and Um, Medical experts go. This isn't real, and the her board and all these people go. You're fired, and they just keep getting rid of the naysayers. Yeah, yeah. And until it's a great way to live your life is just get rid of any people who like tried to help you. Yeah, look around your life. If you're the kind of person that can't be contradicted or or criticized or told anything negative about yourself, and because of that you cut people out of your life, you're going to have humongous problems. You have to have those voices, and whether. Whether it's in your personal life or starting a a, a, a business where people's lives yeah. are on the line. She had a humongous deal with Safeway. She had a huge deal with Walgreens. Oh, my God. She, they were going to set up like these wellness centers in Walgreens where you could go in, get your finger pricked. And in four hours, they'd tell you if you had any disease at all. Wow. That was like the selling point. And she was like, yep, we can make it happen. And all the scientists are like, it doesn't it's not real what's it called bad blood it's called bad blood All and right. it's one of the best books i've listened to in in a really long time i love it yeah um okay cool wait did i just tell the whole fucking book <laughs> sorry i didn't mean to no i didn't mean to go on that long um, i just loved it that's exciting
0: i guess mine is um that i'm going on vacation tomorrow for the first time in a very long time uh but also everyone go listen to the new season of in the dark now that it's over it's really uh upsetting but in a good way and it's a great podcast too and i'm just excited to fucking lay out and eat uh raw seafood towers (laughs) and listen to books and podcasts and just fucking chill and this is gonna be so nice and like i don't know man it's yeah vince and i are just gonna chill my dad and marty's gonna be here with the cats it's gonna be great great yeah Perfect. That's it. Everyone needs a little vacay every now and then. Uh, Yeah, they do. Yeah. Yeah, they do. So some Mai Tais. Swim up bar. There's a swim up bar where I'm staying. Sure there I is. I've never done that in my life. You know, I can swim all around that pool. I got a fucking bikini or a bathing suit that has bomb pops all over it. What are bomb pops? There's those popsicles that look the red way and blue popsicles. Oh, yeah. It's cute. I'm excited. That's going to be awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, you have to tell us all about it when you get back. I will. Everyone, thank you so much for listening. Um, email us at No. My favorite murder at Gmail. You know, (laughs) thank you. We really appreciate you guys. This is a really fun fucking time in our lives that we did not expect to happen, and it's all because you guys listen to us and like us for some reason and just keep butting in on our private conversations
1: <laughs> the more we yell at you the more you stay it's it's such a great relationship it is uh yeah thanks for being there and uh stay sexy and don't get murdered uh, bye yeah.
0: elvis you want a cookie
1: good
0: one <laughs> a cookie yeah cookie all right
1: all right